Hey guys and welcome to the new episode of Center for Digital Marketing and Communication. This is a podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs, marketing, brand heads and people from across all the domains of marketing. And today I have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Anand Bhatia. So uh, before I start the introduction uh, of Mr. Anand, I would I really loved uh, what he has written on his LinkedIn profile. So let me read it for all of you. It says I see what everybody else can also see, but I think through what others do not and hence provoke change and driven growth. I approach challenges the way I run marathons, built to last for the long run. I, I really love this, uh, this small introduction and I think this clearly talks about that what Anand is, he is a man of few words but more action. So uh, I could see uh, Anand has an experience of almost 26 years. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this podcast were born when Anand started uh, his, his career. So uh, welcome Anand and uh, thanks a lot for coming on this podcast. Uh, thanks so much. Uh, okay, so 26 years makes me sound really old. Uh, really <laughs> not the case. Uh, every day I mean, you know, I started life as an engineer way back, but then, uh, you know, a few breaks to uh, go off to B school. Uh, and stuff here yeah, that's you know actually suddenly feeling a little ancient but uh Anand, but you don't look but you don't look ancient <laughs> <laughs> fresh air and sunshine great great so anand i have just given a very small brief about uh, you uh, why don't you talk about your journey uh, of starting your career and your background and uh, to all the guests who come on this uh, podcast i always uh, ask them to start from the beginning and put as much masala they want to put it like a typical Bollywood movie. So all of us can also learn from your learnings and from your journey. Okay. So, um, you know, a typical Bombay uh, kid, uh, you know, grew up in the late 80s, early 90s. And at that point in time, uh, you know, if you're a, you know, urban uh, middle class uh, male kid, what do you become, right? You either become an engineer or you become a CA. So um, I became an engineer. Uh, I think it was fourth semester when I kind of, and okay, believe me, I, I love my engineering. So even today I have my textbooks of uh, civil engineering and uh, I, you know, once or twice I do thumb through uh, stuff like engineering by way, uh, Dr. Murthy, uh, nice stuff. Uh, but, but I think somewhere around fourth semester, you know, the whole feeling came that, look, you know, I, I don't think I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. And uh, I, I did work for a year uh, as a civil engineer on a construction site. So I was busy digging excavations and, you know, um, whatnot. Uh, but around that time, you know, the choice was kind of made that it's good for, you know, something else. And management was a very, very uh, logical option. So I uh, took the cat, went to IIM Lucknow. Financial services happened to me by, by chance. It was a market research project for a marketing fair that we have at IML called Index. That, uh, you know, so where I say, say a bank, uh, gave us a project and the project came literally two days before the fest was to start and somehow we pulled it off. I think that really became the, the first step really towards a career in financial services and um, that's how you know a company called Associates happened uh, and Associates got acquired by City and then I was in City for a very long time. Uh, I think that was a great way to start a career in BFSI because the kind of independence that we had was incredible. In fact, the biggest learning that I have for my initial years uh, in that environment and, and a big, big shout out to, uh, you know, all the mentors I've had uh, over there was that there was no fear of failure. The whole thought was just go ahead and do something. 
learn from your mistakes don't repeat them and you know move on go and make a new mistake learn from that move on i think that's how that franchise was built and uh, i think we're very very lucky that that allowed us a lot of exposure to sales product management underwriting uh, marketing operations so we came out as fairly fairly uh, well uh, grounded uh, professionals who could really run a pnl a very very brief stint in uh, retailing followed uh, with subiksha subiksha shut shop i think there was a great experience uh, in terms of uh, crisis management because what we kind of went through in that one year especially the last part of it uh, when you know the company ran out of money and all the chaos that uh, happened was uh, i think bought uh, about a lot of maturity in a lot of us uh, worked very briefly in education and that's the time when i decided to turn entrepreneur and then what followed was a very exciting 7 uh, year plus uh, journey where uh, working with a gentleman called uh, dr wispy doctor probably india's uh, finest consumer behaviorist we started a company called ormax money so which is consumer knowledge for the financial services world uh, looking back on the journey i mean the company is still there we're doing some cool stuff and while i continue as my uh, regular uh, job as uh, fino's uh, cmo uh, i think what is remarkable was the quality of work that we were able to do in terms of using core consumer insights to solve business problems uh, so be it design of new products be it uh, testing new products trying to figure out how are people buying why are they buying uh, it allowed us to really get into the minds of the consumer and say hey look if this is what is going on you know what this is what you as a brand should do so then whether you reach to that customer digitally you reach to through any other mode or you know any way of transaction doesn't really matter what matters is if you understood what the guy really wants and you know what is that job as i say that you are being hired for as a brand i think if that is understood then as a business manager as a marketing head uh, your journeys are far more uh, clear so i think uh, we're pretty proud that we were able to walk a lot of brands on that journey uh, a transition happened uh, to you know moving into a, a corporate role with uh, fino payments bank uh, which in a lot of ways is a fintech startup uh, we are a challenger bank for bharat incredibly focused on uh, tier 3 4 5 tier in india in fact i say that if you want to imagine my customer for my bank he is a guy typically about 25 27 years old uh, probably selling chai and pakoras under a tree on a highway somewhere in darbhanga bihar on the banks river that's the kind of guy i'm catering to and I managed to build a fantastic franchise of uh, taking financial services to places which really did not exist on a map and a lot of those learnings as an entrepreneur as a behaviorist are something that we very very successfully used for the last 2 years to really add value to this customer uh to offer banking services and products that are really relevant uh that make a difference to that guy's life and uh and what what we're very proud of is that we've made that impact and i guess if we continue doing that i think the brand will only uh, grow uh through this journey a lot of exciting uh, funny stories uh, you know right from collections where uh, well, i've almost been fired on by a guy carrying a gun because i dared to ask him to you know repay the installment to uh, uh, no it was actually it was in rajasthan uh, jodhpur one of my early collection calls you know new to the job you know i was like <laughs> so this guy actually pulled out a double barrel gun and said okay you know ab bolo uh, okay thank you sir and uh, you know uh, so right from that to uh, i think uh, some amazing times with uh, you know actual consumers so in fact one of my uh, most amazing moments as a behaviorist happened was uh, so we were in the last village at the, at the run of kutch uh, 
figuring out how women use energy efficient cook stoves and you know the whole process of cooking etc uh, we had a few of these energy efficient cook stoves that we were showing these uh, you know really illiterate uh, women in the middle of nowhere and believe me their fundays on thermodynamics were incredible i mean they were able to really figure out the engineering that would have gone behind it and say okay this is where i have a challenge and this is you know what works for me and what doesn't i think that is a great moment uh, we are literally in the middle of a, of nothingness mm. and it's just emptiness around you mm. and here is this lady who crystal clear fundays on you know heat transfer uh, i think that just about you know kind of made my uh, day on that particular thing so a lot of uh, experiences picked up the good part is that what experience allows you is allows you to build on these things <clears throat> it allows you to build on these stories it allows you to start looking at problems that you would face from very very different angles so which is why you know before we started this conversation uh, you know there was, there was a whole you know drift around you know digital marketing and stuff and there's something you know it's a tool that we use uh, and which is what really has led me to believe over the years that you know all these things are tools these are mediums mm-hmm. what matters at the end of the day is that you know have you really got something that does the job for the customer mm-hmm. are you getting that guy for that are you making sense for him are you being relevant to that guy and if that's going to happen then obviously the guy is going to start preferring you over time mm-hmm. everything else qualitative quantitative digital print this that whatever these are tools and mediums mm. but what really matters is how relevant are you are you making sense to the guy and how willing are you to go out and have a nice cup of tea with your uh, you know uh, consumers mm. because if you don't do that you won't really know what's going on mm. and uh, i think this is something which uh, always learned it the hard way and i think that's why my uh, initial grounding in sales was very very useful mm. uh, one of the first things i learned in sales was that what you need is a good pair of shoes and a strong stomach and uh, you know having cut my teeth in sales in rajasthan and then later on in gujarat uh, i think that strong stomach was uh, really really uh, really useful as was a good pair of shoes because there was a lot of walking involved walking from one dealership to the other you know selling 0% finance and uh, what have you so so that's really been the journey um, over these years and uh, let's see i think we're all set for a very exciting time ahead given all the current challenges the covids and you know whatever is happening and how the post covid world is really going to look mm-hmm. and how brands are going to start preparing for it uh, as a marketer um, or as a business owner i think one is really really up for some fantastic challenges mm-hmm. so anand you you mentioned a very important point and this is something which i have been also thinking a lot and a uh, lot of people so so to be fair enough to you you are the first banker who has come to this podcast usually people who come on this podcast are from the agency side or from the advertising background so uh, my question okay. to you is uh, how how do you guys uh, being in the banking industry uh, a bombay boy like you sitting in bombay and catering to people so i mean obviously you are you are one of those people who can could be a role model for from the india and you uh, catering to the consumers from the bharat side of the country how uh, there are two different spectrums here so how do you understand your consumer by sitting in bombay and what are some of the tips because i think this will be something which will be useful for all the marketers who will be listening to this podcast as well good question um so one thing that i have learned working in different parts of the country um, having traveled to almost 26 states and a lot of places on the map uh, which you know are really hard to find on a map one thing i figured is that fundamentally consumers are pretty similar right what makes a guy or a kid uh, behave in a particular way in ghatkopar 
is not dramatically different from this guy who is in you know gazipur uh, in uh, up uh, yes articulation may be different the stage of life in which the person is is different and hence that governs behavior but at a very very fundamental level consumers are pretty pretty similar so that's you know that's been a big learning and something that we've used uh, very very well across the other thing is that uh, as i you should really be ready to go out and spend time with your customers mm. it means that if your customer is somebody who has a chai ki dukan under a tree on a highway somewhere go out there and sit with the guy and talk to that guy about what matters for him or her it could be the local politics or it could be bollywood it could be cricket it could be you know samosas it doesn't really matter mm. there and spend time because that's how you really understand your customers mm. that's a very very important skill as much as is curiosity so if you have that in you and you're willing to do that uh then in these worlds doesn't really uh, is really not a challenge hmm. and nothing was really important is also working with the right kind of that look as you know uh, people tend to uh, say is is not dramatically different I mean, you know articulation is different yes you have to take little you know different care so one learning for example that we've always had is that when you're creating content uh the worst thing to do is to you know push dubbed content so if you've made an ad in hindi you just by dubbing it in you know uh, tamil telugu whatever and you know running it is not going to get you any brownie points with this consumer anyway mm. i'm saying look you know if you really value my business you will talk to me in a nice proper way mm. and consumers value these kind of sentiments okay. uh, so i think once you start getting a hang of that it's pretty easy to straddle uh, both worlds yes it is always a challenge um, i think physically also often you know going out on these distances but i think we've been pretty lucky uh, you know that uh, I mean, I think that's where some amount of marathon uh, training helps because you know you have the stamina to keep out in the field for a long time. And I think in my bank's context, uh, Fino, we've been pretty blessed that uh, you know for covering especially UP and Bihar, hmm. we, very interesting story. So there's a driver in Varanasi called Munna. Hmm. Has been associated with this bank from like you know before we became a bank. So when Fino was a you know a startup providing uh, technology services uh, in the MFI space, and this guy knows the lay of the land. he and you feel safe and secure with him so you know when you have that kind of a partner at times only is he able to tell you the cultural nuance of the area that you're traveling mm-hmm. uh, in uh, but also you know gives you a sense of safety that hey look you know he landed you, you 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 know kind of been safe in your job you know traveling in an um, isolated area in the middle of the night in the winter somewhere mm-hmm. so when you have support systems like these i think it just becomes uh, easy to uh, do this and i think it's very important for marketers uh, to uh, do this then whether you are running ad campaigns digitally or you're making print or whatever it really doesn't matter but go out to the customers if your customers are the ultra hni spend them if your customer is this guy you know hardware guy who is selling uh, you know some adhesive uh, somewhere go out and meet the guy so that's how the straddling really happens sure sure so anand my next question to is uh, is obviously nobody dreams of becoming a marketing guy what what you wanted to become when when you were small like all of us have been seen actors soldiers doctor what what do you wanted to do when when you were a small kid uh so i think as i said right when you grew up in the you know uh, late 80s early 90s uh, you know your choice was kind of made right it was you know something to do around engineering and you know that kind of stuff so that happened recently early for me like no so that was from the parents side what you wanted to do <laughs> no it just happened right because that was the environment uh, yeah. 
I'm a third generation uh, civil engineer in that sense. So, you know, uh, okay. uh, I was a civil engineer and used to design dams. So that was really you know, a lot of di dining table conversation. So mm. I think in that sense, it, it kind of happened. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe if I was in a different country, it would have probably been history or something or economics. And these are the other, you know, passions that I have. But, uh, but I think in that sense, uh, no regrets really. I think in that sense, you know, the choice was uh, fairly clear. I figured out pretty early on that was, you know, you know, anything to do with the fine arts or, you know, whatever, whatever is really not my cup of tea. This mm. makes sense. Uh, you know, let's kind of, you know, go on this uh, track. Right, right. That said, BFSI happened because of, you know, a project in B-School. Mm. And uh, until that point in time, I really did not think that I would have a career in the financial services space. Mm. Uh, I enjoyed the project. It really, you know, got me my campus uh, job and it's just, you know, really looking back. Uh, mm. uh, marketing as such, uh, so, you know, as, as, as I was explaining, the initial years in city. Because the kind of exposure that we got, which is sales uh, uh, to you know product management, risk management, exposure to operations, uh, since you're running branches, you automatically you know get involved in a lot of HR. Mm. There's a pretty good learning across, and marketing you start realizing is at the end of the day is a very very important business function. Mm. So it, this is it's that function that can actually get you that exponential growth. Mm. Sales and a lot of other stuff can, tends to be very linear. You know, the more effort you put in, the more number of visits you do, you know, incremental, it'll move in a particular linear way. Mm -hmm. But marketing can allow you those nudges that gives you that exponential stuff. So you start learning that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then as an entrepreneur, what are you really doing, right? I mean, you are selling yourself. What, uh, and uh, especially as a, as a firm of consumer behaviorists, when people bought into us at Ormax, mm -hmm. the thing that we always told people was that, look, there are only two reasons why people signed up with our company. Mm -hmm. One, They were buying into your commitment and your presence into the uh, project. Mm. So marketing yourself, I think, and then that really helped me, you know, uh, move into this whole career of marketing, if one can formally call it. But at the end of the day, I think it's a career in business. Uh, because marketing is one of the most important elements of growing a business in any category. Sure. It's or FMCG or uh, telecom. It's the one that gives you the exponential growth, right? So that's how, you know, the whole marketing thing really happened. Uh, not by accident, reasonable planning, um, and something that I've uh, really, really enjoyed. And it's helped to have a background in other fields. Mm. So it helps to have a background in sales and distribution because then you know what's happening out there. You know the end result of whatever you know campaign or something that you're designing. It helps to understand in a financial services sense, you know, underwriting, risk, uh, you know, or operations. Because and then you get a 360 degree view of business. Mm. Uh, the business of marketing is to grow the business at the end of the day. So right. that's how the journey has happened. And uh, yeah, some parts by accident and some parts by design. Mm -hmm. So uh, Anand, uh, I mean, obviously you have seen a big transition happening across industry in the span of your career, uh, not just in industries, but also in marketing. So, so uh, when you started your career, uh, what was the marketing like? And what is, so this is a very big, almost two decades. So what differences do you see? Uh, that is question number one. And second is what are those similarities which you think those are the core of these marketing. So as you rightly said that irrespective of the medium, marketing core remains the same. So 
what are those two to three things which you would like to tell our listeners about about this okay so if you look at the difference between you know what was then and now uh, obviously the mediums have changed dramatically right and earlier uh, you know again if i talk about whether it's financial services or anybody else uh, so one clearly you know medium is changed so many years ago there was nothing called digital really i mean and digital initially also when it came in you know just meant uh, you know putting in some you know ads to see what is happening but it's a full fledged business you can acquire customer and you can do the fulfillment totally online and move on so, so i think that's been a very very dramatic change mm. that's it that change while you know the fundamentals of marketing are uh, fairly constant mm. uh, the has its own grammar its own nuances so which i think is important to uh, you know on board so that you can leverage it better mm. because you know, cta is a better it's far more measurable uh, you, you, know, you can be very specific with your targeting so huge positives of the medium that have come in mm. the fundamental uh, shift really. the other big fundamental shift has been the access to data that marketers uh, would have had so here you know you, you really relied on some public information you relied on these handbooks you know uh, marketing white book or, you know those kind of things that told you about you know what consumption is happening where and all um, or certain industry reports and now there's just so much more information available at a macro level and at a micro level so that's the other big change the sheer availability of data uh, to a marketer has dramatically uh, changed which i think has really driven everyone's uh, efficiency in the process mm. uh, and uh, i think marketing has also got far more numerical compared to what it would have been uh, earlier because mm. everything is far, far more measurable you know you can measure it so somebody will say oh you know customer sentiment i really don't need to uh, you know commission a big fat uh, consumer research mm. to know that i just have to listen to my online uh, chatter and you know i kind of get a very good sense mm. uh the can tell me a very good sense of you know the sentiment that's going on there through sentiment analysis and works uh, or you know i can run a concurrent nps program and i can know what's happening so again the metrics have evolved and i think it's just got far more uh, you know numerically uh, oriented compared to uh, probably some years ago so i think that's the dramatic differences but the fundamentals at the end of the day segmenting targeting position I mean, those are fundamentals that are not going to change, mm. no matter what the medium. Mm. And getting right is always so so critical, uh, you know, for a marketer. So those aspects very very similar, uh, but I think sheer availability of data now, uh, I think just makes the whole campaign process that much more efficient. So you can really really you know plan better and uh, get far better results than earlier, where you know it was. you do something something would happen you would wait for ages for the results to come in but now you can know within a very short span and you can keep tweaking so i think from an experimental sense also i think it's become far more vibrant right so i i think uh, the point which you clearly mentioned is is uh, is quite uh, normal and and i i try to give this example as well as that because of this data there are both pros and cons uh, what has started happening is probably clients have become very smart so probably 10 years 15 years back uh, if piyush pandey comes to a client's meeting and he says that this is the script and this is going to work so client has no uh, he could not even question saying that why it will work he'll say just kyunki main keh raha hu it will work but now uh, it does a change i think the power has come to both the sides however with too much of data also i think people are looking so i mean again uh, probably 5 years back as well uh, when we used to go and meet clients clients were only asking for likes kitna aayega 
uh, how many people are going to share it so uh, likes is not equal to uh, money in your bank balance but i think lot of a lot of so probably uh, i think this is an evolving field and brands as well as agencies are learning now that what is the right kpi and what is something which you don't need to do true okay. no absolutely absolutely i think this is people have evolved in that journey right it's it's a journey it's uh, you know and things will go on changing from a time where everyone just said okay you know am i getting so many clicks and all and i'm i'm happy to now it is saying okay you know how many leads and you know what's the uh, conversion so i think that's that's very cool uh you know that part that mai keh raha hu the gut or something is always going to be there but remember gut also comes because of years of experience mm-hmm. and somewhere at the back of your mind you are running an algorithm or you know there's a process which is running and that's resulting in your gut mm-hmm. so so that said with with access to so much of data your gut actually gets far more accurate mm-hmm. you know in ways one um and uh, see you know you can keep on experimenting and tweaking far better uh, now but that one thing about data is always there you know data will always tell you what is happening that okay what 40 people bought 25% did this whatever etc but you still need to go and start figuring out why so data often doesn't tell you the why data tells you what is happening and you know so the skill of going out and exploring the why uh, continues to be very very relevant in fact as we get inundated with data uh, With the CMO hat, I wear the hat of uh, handling analytics in the bank. We're inundated data. Banks typically have tons and tons of data, mm-hmm. uh, but you need to have the ability to question it and say, "Okay, but why is this happening?" Once you are able to do that, the power of the data increases. So there's big data, which is tons of unstructured data, mm-hmm. and you can weave a lot of magic with it with uh, good enough computing power. But I think small data is still very, very relevant as to you know why mm-hmm. and. you know you need to keep questioning why and how and that just increases the potency of you know all the data that you have at your uh, disposal right right so great conversations happening with uh, here guys so have a uh, keep listening and before we move ahead uh, uh, i wanted to ask a very uh, a controversial question also the people who are who only look at the positive aspects of marketing and digital these guys can drop out from the video or from the podcast before we get into the deeper details so uh, uh, what are some of the myths about digital medium and digital marketing which you would like to bust right away before we move ahead and get more deeper into the conversations so i think the biggest myths that i you know want to bust is that digital marketing is no separate from marketing it's marketing at the end of the day guys the fundamentals really ain't changing mm-hmm. yes of medium has its own nuances which you need to acknowledge and um, and accordingly even the uh, the way you're communicating the creatives etc need a certain different kind of treatment mm-hmm. so for example you know the kind of ads that you make on uh, uh, that you want to run on uh, let's say ott are not going to work on tiktok mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's it's a different game. so those are things that yes you have to have to recognize mm-hmm. but other than that it's it's a medium and uh, you know your fundamentals are always going to be tested because the medium is pretty brutal because mm-hmm. you know more than any other medium in this medium the consumer has a lot of power mm-hmm. again very quickly revert back and you know can get in touch with you can engage with you it's it's a very two way kind of uh, you know a street so uh, so in that sense yes, the medium does impose a fair amount of responsibility on the on the brand because the interaction is just that much more immediate though that's it fundamentals will remain the same but you have to have to respect the uh, the uh, the context and the power that the medium can uh, have or the efficiency that the medium has Mm. to be 
to uh, reach customers it makes you also more efficient and it makes the customers buying process also far more efficient so i think that is a you know but i would love to i would always dispel the notion that oh my god this is one you know greatest thing since sliced bread i mean yes of course the great thing is made us all very efficient but guys you know stp remains stp mm-hmm. great so anand which, and which, the, yeah. yeah sorry no no go ahead sorry sorry yeah so uh, my my next question to you is uh, any any work or it can be uh, a brand it can be a person uh, any kind of campaign that you like to talk about which you love personally who have done a, done a fabulous job on digital or maybe even even marketing per se so your favorite brands and favorite campaign that you have loved in last few years so uh, as a you know behaviorist and you know marketing guy i've uh, in around us i think a uh, lot of stuff done by kotak is something that you know uh, generally liked i think they uh, they do a very good job of communicating the propositions the product the way they've gone about it i think fantastic of course speedlight amul etc great role models to uh, follow simply because just how relevant you know uh, their communication is and i think they really really understand what's going on in the mind of the consumer mm-hmm. uh, a personal level i find uh, the kind of stuff done by google very uh, very relevant because it's all about how to use mm-hmm. i think that's cool because you know it, it just becomes easier for a customer to adopt uh, and you know a big challenge that a lot of brands have is that you will have a set of early adopters who will come in because you know they like to experiment or you know they love a brand or something or the other but there will be a very large chunk of people who will still wonder okay what do i do hey is it scary you know uh, like i'll just give an example uh, just uh, two days ago because of you know the whole lockdown and all um, people are not able to go out and withdraw money from atm so we got the atm into the building now everyone came in expecting that you know one big box is going to come in some van and something like that but uh, a guy from my bank walked in with uh, what what's a micro atm so you know it's machine is this small it's like you know little bigger than a credit card you can swipe your card and there's a person who can hand over the cash to you and that's it you know i mean you you gone you're ready right now it came as a big surprise for people and they were like no 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 what will happen and you know the, the amazing part is that all these machines come with uh, thumb pads so you can even money just with you know through aadhar enabled payment systems with your thumb and for a lot of people it was boss no no you know the whole so some people actually were not carrying their cards on them or you know wanted to withdraw because you know mother no can't come down or you know some of the other story and they just refused to believe that there are you know other ways around it so i think campaigns which are really about how to use i think those are some things which i've always and that's where google for me is scored uh, pretty pretty uh, well as do uh, a lot of the initial ad campaigns that uh, brands like paras and all of which is way about you know how to use that mm-hmm. sense so that really works for me and that's something that we as a brand always try to do because it just takes a lot of the equation the customer knows exactly what to do so right. from a behavioral what you're doing is you're addressing the aversion to ambiguity that consumers have you're just saying okay a b c d this is the result you will get life is set he knows what to expect and move on so uh, that that's what so uh, that's something that i've liked and appreciated all this right and any campaign on which you have worked personally in in so many years for one of the brands which which you worked which you really love and which is very close to your heart or if you could also tell us uh, probably a campaign and how the campaign was executed or how the ideation was done so we can also see 
behind the scenes of, of a bigger campaign and thinking of, of how you how you guys think as well? Sure, I think, yeah. So, uh, a personal favorite was that uh, there was some work uh, that we did for uh, Edelweiss, which was really around how, uh, so it was, you know, loans for uh, business people. Hmm. And um, wanted to get in the mind of a business owner and the way they think, right? I mean, entrepreneurs do think differently. Hmm. Uh, that was a very, very interesting um, study in terms of what goes on in their mind and what are those core emotions that are uh, driving them. And uh, those learnings were used beautifully by them when they made an ad campaign which uh, featured uh, Irfan. So where, you know, uh, this ad ran, I think it was in 2017, where, uh, you know, one of the ads is, uh, this guy is coming in telling him, sir, you know, something is difficult. Uh, yes, yes, right. So, so I think it's the emotion has come out beautifully. There's a whole series of ad campaigns there. Um, I think that's a brilliant example of where, you know, there was a clear insight, uh, well-recognized. I think we really hit the nail on the head in terms of, uh, you know, what really goes on in that guy's mind. And uh, I think they translated it beautifully into uh, communication, which is really work for the brand. Mm. I think this is a good example of uh, insights, uh, creative, and then, you know, the whole uh, process of running with it. And then, of course, there, you know, sales conversion uh, machinery that would have, you know, kicked in uh, that uh, worked. So, and when you work as a team like this, and the results are uh, always uh, very, very good. So, in terms of an ad campaign, literally, uh, I think that particular one really, really uh, stands out for me as something that was uh, pretty remarkable. And, you know, these are times when I see them and it really strikes a chord. Because being a business owner myself, I can associate with those uh, sentiments. And uh, I think they've just done a fantastic job of packaging it. And uh, things really work for them from a business sense also. Great, great. So Anand, we know that you you are always busy with work. So uh, how do you acquire knowledge? Do you read books, you listen to podcasts, or you, list, you watch YouTube videos, you do courses? What is your source of knowledge? And if there are any specific sources of knowledge which you'd like to share with our listeners as well, which can help them in getting better at marketing and understanding consumers as well. Okay, so here I must admit that I have a source of knowledge which I have access to, which is really uh, fantastic. So, you know, every uh, now and then I catch up with my uh, partner, Dr. Vispi, doctor, for a cup of coffee. It's amazing uh, learning from him because there's always something that you take away. So that's, you know, out of bounds for many people. So, mm. advantage. But that part, uh, see, uh, you know, the best ways of learning are basically observing, right? Mm. So uh, getting to work, you know, keep seeing what's happening. Uh, travel is a great way to learn. Uh, being open-minded, uh, conversations with people become great ways to learn. Of course, you know, there's always YouTube, there's, you know, this wonder box called Twitter where there is, you know, there's so much information flowing around all the time. Uh, these, look, I would say that as a lifelong student, um, I think these are all avenues. But uh, what matters most is you've got to say that, okay, you know, keep an open mind, just keep listening and keep questioning, and, you know, the curiosity uh, factor up. Once that is the case, then these mediums will all start working. I mean, there are a lot of answers in books, you know, uh, things that you can subscribe to, uh, podcasts that one listens to, interactions with people. Mm. I mean, believe me, the discussion that you're, you know, having right now mm. is something that is going to trigger a thought somewhere that, oh, okay, you know, hey, you know, this is an interesting thing, you know, maybe mm. uh, like, we spoke about, you know, those ad campaigns that work. Okay. You know, as I was talking about uh, how ad campaigns that are about how to use work. Mm. Uh, now we are also in the process of designing newer campaigns going into the next sometime. Mm. So 
to the back of your mind is oh okay great you know that's a point we've touched on repeatedly okay now let me check this so i think that constant interaction with people becomes a very good uh, way of uh, learning but for me um, i think just just meeting people listening has been uh, a source and uh, that's how it's been and now uh, long distance running is also a good source of learning because at that point there's no mobile phone uh, it's just you and your thoughts and uh, so you actually managed to get some very very good insights into something that you're working on and you yourself did not realize that you had mm. and then you have to come back home and start scribbling <laughs> you know you hope you don't forget them so that definitely works uh, for me great great so insights come from inside that that could be yeah yeah definitely insights come from inside that is very very true i think that's a good phrase uh, you've quoted and uh, before you can uh, put an ip on it i think i'm going to use it some <laughs> great great so anand the one important question which i also wanted to understand from you is you have worked on the employer side you also work on the employee side uh, how does these two sides of and as you rightly said entrepreneurs do think a completely different from what somebody who's an employee thinks so since you have seen both the sides how does that help you in in crafting campaigns in creating communication in you or or you as an overall human being as well so uh, see the big uh, advantage of you know having run your own business and when you come so it's almost like you know as we joke that you know on which side of the table you are mm-hmm. so for me um, when it comes to even working with my uh, partners so with you know the marketing partners that we have analytic partners we have etc is that i know what's you know life on that side of the table so we and i know that i have to value them as a partner because they're bringing in something to the table that i don't have right. so when i was a owner i think uh, one of the orientations that we always had was that look we were not agencies i think we were very very clear about that mm. if i had somebody as an agency you would say boss you're walking out of the thing we mm. are a partner mm. and in the game together mm. uh, and a partner is always bringing in a skill that you don't have so it's you know not just a relationship of equals it's probably one step you know different from that all you have is a client is a money effectively mm. i think that realization helps you work very well with partners i think that's something that's worked and i'm being very very proud of the marketing partners that i have had over these uh, two years you know be it companies like an ecfirst quick matrix uh, you know, mudra transorg so there's so many these guys so we are we are partners so i think that is a sentiment that comes more naturally to somebody who's uh, you know been on the other side of uh, life that's one mm. secondly as a business owner what happens is that you learn start looking at everything from way way different different angles all the time mm. uh, that's one thing you learn second very important thing that you learn is that even when times are very very tough mm. you know that you know keep chipping away and you know the tide will turn i mean there could be days you're really in the dumps so but you know if you're at it it starts uh, you know um, showing up so you learn the uh, virtues of having stayed invested in something mm. for a long time i think that uh, is something that is uh, that definitely helps uh, you know on the other side i mean it's just been two years for me and you know this side of the table compared to you know that side of the table that i uh, was for a very long time so let's see how that part uh, pans out but i think in terms of uh, you know sure understanding in terms of being able to connect the dots mm-hmm. and bring this to go uh, the distance i think it's it, there's a huge huge advantage to having been an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and as an entrepreneur it was a big advantage of having had uh, fairly senior uh, corporate roles uh, coming in because then i was able to understand what was going on in that guy's mind mm-hmm. and you know sometimes you realize as an entrepreneur that uh, 
quote unquote client yeah. wants to hire you for a project uh, because you know not for your, the the skill that you may possess yeah. but for the that the you know you bring with yourself a certain confidence that look if the guy puts you in front of a ceo you will answer every single question and uh, you know that uh, everyone will tell that guy hey great job done you know i think you've got us the right kind of people so again it's the need which or the real job that you are you know fulfilling so you start understanding where that guy is coming from so i think in both sides this part has really really uh, helped a lot in terms of uh, forging relationships working with people and uh, delivering results great great so great conversations happening with anand guys those who are listening to this podcast i'm trying to extract as much insights from inside from anand as much as i could so uh, anand uh, i know you can tell us a list of hundreds of these things but uh, i wanted to understand from your learnings and your wisdom what are the top three qualities which you would say that anybody who wants to become a marketer who is getting into marketer is are there those three top qualities which this person should have for sure so um, first and foremost is curiosity i think that's you know single most important uh, one and that's uh, incredibly uh, critical uh, second is the willingness and the patience to do research hmm. or they talk to customers read keep eyes open and that's very very critical third is uh, you know be comfortable with the idea of failing because you know reality is that you know a lot of the marketing initiatives that you do mm-hmm. a big chunk are not going to perform to the extent uh, you know that uh, was committed on a powerpoint uh, slide mm-hmm. i think being recognizing that and learning from that mm-hmm. becomes a very uh, critical uh, trait uh, that uh, one must have and uh, i think the fourth one which is uh, very critical especially for folks in the digital uh, space is having very in fact in any space is having very very clear metrics for you know whatever it is that you are setting out to uh, try so it is you should know what you are measuring be very very clear about the goals so i think that kind of uh, clarity is mm-hmm. something which which is a skill that you develop I mean, you know you're not you're not born with it you're not going to know it the day you graduate from uh, you know preschool or wherever you're coming from but uh, something you acquire but it's important to acquire uh, that because then far more focus and then the roi on whatever you do will always be uh, much better so I think those are the four really big traits uh, that are there, which I think uh, personally, uh, you know, would really help somebody in uh, in their uh, careers as marketers. Mm-hmm. Great. So, so Anand, uh, since you you're also talking about your mentor and your source of knowledge, uh, any advice which he had given you, which you still remember and it has helped you, would you like to give us that guru gyan as well, so that all. all us all of us can also learn something which which how mentors are are important in, in anybody's life in shaping your career as well so uh, you know actually throughout i mean not just you know in a, in a business sense but i think i've been pretty lucky that you know across these uh, years uh, some very very good advice has come my way from uh, you know, people who have been uh, senior to me right mm-hmm. the very first one i had was uh, a few days into my job uh, we were starting a new location in uh, rajasthan and understandably i was a little you know apprehensive because i've never really done that in life before right i mean i came from a construction site in two years in b school mm-hmm. and uh, my then ceo just simply said okay you know why are you worried it's you know just go ahead and do what you think is right stay with the basics okay you might make a mistake we'll back you up on it mm-hmm. just don't make that mistake mm-hmm. and 
go ahead and build it. I think I think clearly what he gave me somewhere was a bit of freedom to fail. And uh, I think that was something which was very very uh, into the culture of the organization. Um, so that really allowed a whole lot of us to go out and actually express ourselves well and really build some good solid uh, businesses. Hmm. Um, that's something that I've taken you know uh, through and through. In fact, even now within uh, even you know my bank's ecosystem, I think what's very important is that uh, uh, in the leadership team there is a fair amount of consensus that hey let's you know we, we need to do things differently. Hmm. We uh, need to experiment. We need to try. We need to be very clear on what is it that we are chasing and track it and you know kind of get there. So hmm. I think what that does is that especially from a marketer's sense, which is hmm. at times a very gray area because you know. you're trying something new it just gives you a certain confidence to go out and say okay look if i'm going to try i know 5 out of 10 i might fail mm. but that uh, confidence when you get from uh, you know your leadership team team everywhere i think really really helps for me i think uh, the amazing insight that i keep getting from whispy every time i have a cup of coffee with him is just how people think and behave and you know his experience and uh, sort of starts helping you think differently mm. and that which the marketer has to do right i mean he's the guy in the room who has to think differently mm. because uh, you know if that guy doesn't think differently then you know who will at the end of the day mm. so, uh, that's been really you know the biggest thing i've learned from him and from all my mentors it's just been that you know go out and try and that's something i try to tell my team mm. I mean, it's okay you know go ahead it's try i mean if you don't try you'll never fail and if you mm. never fail you will never succeed so uh, i think it's important to keep experimenting and Uh, that's when you know as they say right the best way to get one good idea is to get many bad ideas mm-hmm. get the bad ideas don't worry <laughs> great so anand my next question is is very topical which uh, mm-hmm. uh, i have been also thinking i have also been reading a lot so since you talk uh, and you understand consumer behavior you are somebody who can give me an answer to this is uh, uh, so let's let's talk what is happening during covid uh, i'm reading a lot of articles a lot of people saying about that this will become the new normal so probably saving money we are not going out not traveling not eating outside keeping ourselves to bare minimum that is one uh, thing which we are doing currently we in fact we are forced to do it so probably this will become our uh, habit second spectrum says that since we have been uh, we would not be able to do this all this once the market opens up people will go crazy they'll shop they'll travel so so i i want to understand this from two perspective one is from a consumer's perspective and second from the financial uh, economy as well that what do you think and obviously this is not something which you are going to talk uh, as as your position but as a person what are your personal views on both these pointers is something i would like to understand so uh, okay you know how it's going to pan out is going to be a bit of a guess but um, reality is that yes there will be we will see a lot of changes hmm. um when consumption starts you know opening up again mm-hmm. uh, yes people will start slowly so there will be uh, you know fair amount of consumption in terms of the uh, smaller ticket uh, you know uh, fast moving uh, category mm-hmm. but typically that you know, whole thing that hey look i think i've got out of prison and now let me you know get into retail therapy and go on mm-hmm. you know splurging etc will still take some time mm-hmm. because uh, you don't know whether the event is past you right i mean still in some kind of zone right so you're a little out of it so so it, it's the whole you know uh, trajectory now will be a little 
u shaped rather than a v so you know if you down and it's not going to be a v it's probably going to be a little more of a u hmm. so uh, you know like uh, willingness to save or put some money aside etc will only uh, you know increase uh, as a result of this people this is something that we would have also seen in the 2008 recession for those of us who kind of lived through that it um, you know it definitely altered the way in which people started uh, thinking so these uh, these kind of situations definitely have that impact hmm. and i think a lot of marketers are pointing out to that one thing in china where you know what that is you know x million or whatever you know happened but uh, i think that was uh, i'm sure there are no other reasons and one other big reason uh, which have you know what people say and i think that kind of makes sense is that you know a whole lot of chinese are uh, you know it's a single child uh, syndrome so you know that guy is the center of the world for himself or herself and you know right now they're doing this i think in india because our family ties are still far, uh, far stronger you know that that sentiment may not happen so you don't mm-hmm. i know people are going to go out and buy uh, certainly mercedes sales are not going to shoot through the roof mm-hmm. uh, or you know whatever you know car that people would okay. want but so things that are more accessible uh, you know uh, regular use you'd see a far more quicker kind of consumption the rest take their uh, own time mm-hmm. normal would be you know people being a little more cautious more focused on being keeping things a little more sustainable in uh, keeping uh, things you know again in terms of you know cost and everything uh, kind of in uh, mind and be more comfortable with brands that are adapting better to this uh, environment so which brands that can tell me that hey look you know this is safe it's good don't worry about it or uh, we've taken you know uh, proper care of you oh you know what when the chips were down we did not overcharge you mm-hmm. it- when the going was tough we were not predatory mm. and i think that's something which all brands have really you know i think taken on to pretty well in that sense but mm. these two three things are the ones that will you know determine the nudge that you have in terms of buying mm. Where, uh, you know i think uh, most marketers are really trying to take their brands to. right right so as as we move to the end of uh, our our conversation uh, i have two hypothetical questions for you Okay. So, if uh, question number one is, if you have a time machine, and if you could go back in time, uh, what all changes would you like to make in your career and your personal life? Uh-huh. And second is, uh, in the same time machine, if you could go ahead, where do you see yourself and and what what you would be doing? So you can go to any time. You can choose tomorrow. You can choose ten years. You can choose any time. It's your time machine. Ah, uh, I think uh, pretty interesting question. Uh, even. Yeah, if I could kind of go back, uh, okay, let's look at this way. I think uh, uh, decisions, right or wrong, I've uh, pretty much enjoyed. Uh, you know, all of them. Uh, so looking back, uh, you know, maybe uh, going back in time, I would have uh, uh, wanted to uh, experiment a little uh, more in life. Uh, you know, take uh, more chances. Probably what I would have thought that no, I don't want to do it right now. Maybe given it, you know. some campaign or some you know thought or some project really you know shot out there so that would have been spread uh, you know over t- uh, time in that sense hmm. so, yeah probably you know a little more experimental that was something i became a little later in life uh, uh, actually i was uh, remarkably uh, you know traditional or uh, conservative in my uh, outlook so that's something yes definitely hmm. future now it's a question of who's reading this right? hearing this right so i mean if my uh, you know uh, bosses are hearing this then you know obviously the answer is going to be different but yeah that that part um, so i think uh, uh if i were to really go in the future then uh, yeah i would you know hope that i'm in a position where i'm actually writing a book that i've always uh, planned to 
and uh, stuff like that and maybe run a marathon in less than 4 hours uh, so okay 4 hours is really ambitious but yeah I mean 4 hours 30 minutes or something like that which I know I can do uh, so I would love to be in that kind of a boat uh, so yeah that would be if I had a time machine you know it would really be about writing that book great great so I think in the future, uh, get that organized. I, I wish I wish to see you running a marathon in 4 hours for sure <laughs> and uh, when Whenever you write this book, book let us know. So I will Absolutely. definitely put it across all the platforms and people could also read it from there. And since you are the first banker who has come to my podcast, uh, not to being offensive to bankers, my father is a banker. So uh, why do you think? And, and so, so everybody says boring banker as, as, a, as a hashtag. How do bankers enjoy? So I want to get insight into that as well. What, what do you do to entertain yourself? I mean, I know you have been talking about uh, running marathon. So how are you coping up if you're not going out and, and you can't run a marathon? Uh, I see. Uh, okay, I know this whole you know, standard joke of, you know, boring bankers, nothing of that sort. I mean, I think the fraternity is really pretty freaked out. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, pretty, pretty uh, down to earth. Uh, so in that sense, uh, I think we are as uh, crazy or the lack of it as uh, anybody else. So uh, definitely bankers are not boring. Uh, bankers tend to be incredibly conservative. I think uh, probably you know qualifying criteria at least in, you know an earlier time. Yes, yes. The adage was born, but uh, nah, I don't think so. Uh, you know, a whole lot of us are really good, fun, cool dude people. Uh, so, see, I think in keeping term one, you know, uh, going and entertained. Uh, I think you know what matters is uh, you know family. I think plays a very very uh, critical role. So, you know, growing up, so we're growing up with him. Uh, wife is in financial services, uh, so you know again insurance, and she's the one who understands the understands the maths in the family. Uh, so I think you know all of us feed off each other, and a lot of cool stuff happens, uh, especially in these uh, times. Uh, well, you know the commute allowed me to uh, you know catch up on some viewing here and there, but uh, now it's been a bit of a fair amount of reading uh, and. Uh, a bit of writing here and there. I think that's been uh, really going on. So while a lot of other activities are off, and uh, also catching up a little bit on cooking, uh, I think it's a good skill. Uh, I think every guy should really have that, right? So those are some of those things that have uh, kept one going in this kind of an uh, environment. One can always get back to that. Great, great. And thanks a lot for coming on this podcast and giving us your time. Uh, anything so which I uh, might have forgotten to ask, which you would like to, as a wisdom, which you would like to give to our viewers and our listeners. Uh, please, please feel free to do that. No, not really. I mean, uh, you know, the, what I've always told people is that uh, if marketing is a line that you've chosen, then uh, just start getting, you know, more curious of life around you uh, and start getting, you know, very, very open-minded about uh, everything because that's the nature of the function and uh, be willing to experiment. And that's, that's really about it. I think you've covered a whole lot of stuff. I think you've been a very, very engaging uh, host and you've really kept this, uh, you know, conversation going in a fantastic way. And now that I kind of replay it back in my mind, I can really see and, you know, connect dots in terms of the way the questions have flowed. So, hats off. I think that was a very cool one. Great, great. Thank you, Anand. Uh, Anand, how can people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? Where can they find you? So, uh, well, I'm more than happy to share my email uh, ID if somebody, you know, wants to kind of uh, email out. Uh, very, very uh, happy. Otherwise, uh, you know, uh, Twitter uh, direct messaging is something which is uh, always uh, possible. Uh, you can reach me on my email ID. So I'll share my bank uh, email ID. So that's, you want me to kind of say it out? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're comfortable, you can say it out and give your Twitter handle as well. Yeah, sure. I'll just kind of uh, just check my uh, Twitter handle because you don't tend to remember your own handle at times. Right. So I'm um, I'm Anand Bhatia seventy five. So that's me at uh, you know on Twitter. So uh, you know you can follow me, DM. You know, love to have a kind of a conversation. LinkedIn as an option is always uh, there. Um, or a direct email ID. Uh, so I'm Anand Bhatia at finobank dot com. Uh, just uh, you know, folks can feel free to reach out on anything. You know, have a conversation. Uh, that's probably a very cool way because I think we're all connected to our devices anyway, 24/7. So uh, Anand Bhatia 75 at Twitter or Anand Bhatia at uh, finobank.com or LinkedIn uh, Zindabad, and you know the conversations can continue. Sure, sure. Thanks a lot, Anand, again for coming on this podcast. Uh, we really love the insights which you got, and I think the experience. what you have gained i tried to get as much as possible in just 45 minutes so i i hope people who listen to this will get a lot of learning and if you guys want to get in touch with anand feel free to get in touch with him and uh, just again to say thank you to anand i think i sent him a single message on linkedin we had never met we have never contacted but i just sent a message and he was gracious enough to give us time for this podcast so thanks a lot anand thank you again thank you so much had a nice time have a nice time. best luck Sure. Thank you. Bye bye. Thanks so much. Bye.